A new type of MRI machine has been approved by the FDA. How is it different? Welcome to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us is Dr. Orlando Simonetti, Professor of Internal Medicine and Radiology at The Ohio State University College of Medicine. Thanks for taking the time with us, Dr. Simonetti. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Fred. Happy to talk to you. Well, the medical center there is the first in the nation to install this new type of MRI machine that you and your team have worked on developing along with Siemens, I think. So tell us what some of the key differences are from what's been available until now. Sure, yeah, so the, the key difference with this machine, so this is the Siemens Magnetome Freemax system, it's called. It's actually a uh, 0.55 Tesla magnetic field strength, which is lower than uh, what's typically used now. The modern MRI scanners are mainly at 1.5 Tesla or three Tesla magnetic field strength. So uh, Siemens introduced uh, this past year, this new low field system. Uh, it's got you know, a number of potential advantages over uh, higher field systems. Uh, there's, uh, I guess the, the primary disadvantage, if I want to start with that is the lower the magnetic field strength, the less MRI signal is available to form our images, right? So that's why there's been a push towards higher field, but low field brings a number of advantages. One is, um, just the, the cost, the size and weight of the machine are all reduced. The lower the magnetic field strength. Uh, the less expensive the system, the less expensive uh, it is to install. Uh, and the magnet configuration can be more flexible at lower field. So this, this machine, the Freemax, has an 80 centimeter diameter patient bore. Uh, so it can accommodate severely obese patients and also claustrophobic patients more easily than the standard systems, which are more typically 60 to 70 centimeter uh, patient bore. Um, Lower field also uh, offers some kind of MR physics advantages in uh, scanning lung tissue, for example. So the lungs obviously are mostly air uh, and the MRI signal that we get is from water for the most part. Uh, and where there's a mixture of air and water like there is in the lungs that can cancel the signal out at higher field and there's greater potential at low field to uh, do lung imaging with MRI, which has not, you know, not been a mainstay for MRI. Um, and then also advantages in um, patients with implanted devices like uh, pacemakers and defibrillators. Um, it has been shown over the past few years that patients with these devices can be scanned safely at 1.5 Tesla, but there can still be considerable artifact in the images caused by the metal of these devices. The metal distorts the magnetic field uh, and can distort the images as well. And that effect is uh, less, less so at, at lower magnetic field strength. So our, our partnership with Siemens is really to develop cardiovascular imaging techniques for this scanner, for this low field machine uh, in particular. And the advantages there with the cardiovascular imaging? Yeah, a lot of it gets at the advantages that I mentioned. That is, a lot of our patients have implanted devices if they have cardiovascular okay. disease. So, you know, better image quality in those patients. And uh, obesity and cardiovascular disease go hand in hand as well. So uh, the ability to scan those severely obese patients where 
not only is MRI not an option for them oftentimes, but other imaging modalities like uh, ultrasound and CT are not as effective in those patients as uh, either. So um, we've got NIH funding coming in to focus our research efforts just on that population of uh, severely obese patients with heart failure and using this machine uh, to hopefully produce better diagnostic images for that population. And I understand you're, you're working with uh, a, a children's medical facility as well. Yeah, I didn't mention that as another uh, potential advantage for low field is the ability to do uh, MRI guided interventions. So rather than using uh, x-ray fluoroscopy that's typically used to do uh, heart catheterizations uh, is to do that kind of work under MRI guidance. And uh, again, there's been work on that at higher magnetic field, 1.5 Tesla uh, typically, but um, lower field offers the potential to use off the shelf guide wires uh, for these procedures. And those guide wires would uh, not be safe to use at higher fields. So there's been a lot of work to try to come up with devices that could be safe to use at higher field, but the low field system uh, offers the advantage of using off-the-shelf equipment. And we're collaborating with uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital and Dr. Amy Armstrong uh, to develop those techniques. There, there's been work done already at the uh, National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute in Bethesda with a, uh, a prototype low-field scanner uh, to show the safety and potential for this, these uh, MRI-guided interventions. Would this uh, serve as a replacement for MRI machines in use today, or would it be used in addition? What's the, what's the market? Yeah, I think, I mean, here at Ohio State, now we have uh, three different field strengths, 0.55, 1.5, and three Tesla, all dedicated to cardiovascular uh, imaging, both clinical and research imaging, which is really a unique situation. But our plan here is to really direct, you know, the, the patient to the right machine for them. So one of our systems, the 1.5 Tesla is um, in the heart hospital. So it's well positioned to image the inpatients there. The three Tesla machine that offers superior um, signal and resolution for MR angiography, MR uh, myocardial perfusion imaging, for example. And then the low field has these advantages I mentioned. So I don't see it as replacing other field strengths, but you know, really uh, each machine has its own advantages and disadvantages. Does the lower strength translate to uh, being less expensive? Yeah, definitely. The, the cost of the magnet uh, that is the MRI scanner, you know, it increases with field strength. So um, I don't know specific pricing, you know, but the, uh, it'll you know, definitely be a lower cost unit than 1.5 or, or 3 Tesla. The research that, that you've been doing there, uh, there's a personal aspect to it as well, I understand. Your, your wife, Lynn, was diagnosed with heart failure? That's right. Yeah, about um, five years ago, uh, she was diagnosed with heart failure. And um, MRI has played a key role uh, in uh, her diagnosis and uh, really tracking the success of her uh, heart failure therapy, which has been uh, tremendous. Uh, she does have a, an implanted um, uh, pacemaker device now, and uh, she's had. She's also severely claustrophobic. So, uh, this machine between the um, lower field to reduce the artifact of 
the pacemaker and also the more room to make her more comfortable when she uh, gets scanned, I think will be uh, ideal uh, for her. Uh, we haven't had her in there yet, but I'm sure soon uh, we'll be testing things uh, on her as a patient. And, uh, and just to, to wrap things up, the new machine, that you're saying there are advantages, some big advantages to it, and also the disadvantages would be on, on the imaging side that you're not getting, what, as much detail, or how would you explain it to a layperson? Right, so it's... Um, it's reduced signal. So um, that translates into reduced signal to noise. I guess the best way to describe this, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if you go back to the old days of TV, I guess after they signed off at night, you know, there would be this screen full of noise, right? It's just like this snow, snow pattern on the screen. That's the kind of noise we're talking about. And we need, you know, we need to get signal to overcome that to rise above that noise basically. And there's less of that at low field, but what really spurred our interest in this um, a number of years ago now is that uh, we have ways now to overcome that, to boost that signal to noise on the software side. So it doesn't take, you know, a higher field strength, more expensive, bigger hardware to get that signal. Instead, we can use uh, intelligent ways to reconstruct that noisy data into images. Uh, that's what spurred our interest in this some years ago where we saw the techniques we were developing for higher field. <clears throat> there we were using these methods to uh, accelerate the data acquisition. So to reduce the scan time. Uh, here we're using it to boost the signal to noise, the same kind of reconstruction approaches. So we're thinking we can you know, really overcome those deficits and get uh, diagnostic quality images. They may not have the same resolution, but in many cases, that's not needed to, to answer the clinical question. Terrific. Well, congratulations on the work that you're doing there. Dr. Orlando Simonetti, thank you for taking the time with us. Okay, thank you. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.